Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. And Amir Coffey. Coffey off glass it in. Amir Coffey picking up where he left off the other night. Jarvis Omersa, number 21 in there. Samir Coffey hitting the three. What a senior night. Congratulations to these seniors. They, they do. They deserve it. And here they come. They are storming the court in Minneapolis. Well, it was an important win. Uh, you know, I, I think personally that solidified us to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, season's not over, obviously. We want to go try to get a tough win versus Maryland. Uh, but I think with our resume and um, you know, what we've kind of dealt with and the wins that we've had. I think, that, you know, it's all about the quality of your wins. That's another quad one win. The Qu- highlight. Quad one win. Quad one win. I'd, quad I've, one win. I've literally never heard that before. <laughs> what does that mean? No idea. Is that part of the new equation? I think it's part of the new formula, yes. The new formula? Quad yes. one? Like when the, uh, is this part of bracketology? Is it, is it uh, now it is, yeah. Okay. I had no idea. Oh my it's gosh, the- no, it's a thing. It's a thing. A quad one win? Yeah, there's a so what a quad one win. Welcome to the show, by the way. So I didn't <laughs> go ahead, introduce the show, and then I'll tell you what a quad one win is, Rami. Go ahead. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami here in the TCL broadcast studios. Are the Mackie and Rami portions of Mackie and Judd with Rami and cardboard Judd? Judd, the actual live Judd is live from uh, Fort Myers, site of Twins spring Thanks, training, and uh, lots to get to with you on this afternoon's show. We'll explain what a quad one win is here momentarily. Adam Platt of Twin Cities Business Magazine, he's going to join us at 440 to talk about a really interesting story about a local athlete. In other news at 520, my my cup runneth over of stupid crap to talk about in other news. So I'm glad we're getting that today, and we'll wrap with Royce at 540. So what in the hell is a uh, quad one win? So a quad one win is, is quantified as a top win of some kind. Mm. So uh, the quadrant system places value on wins and losses, uh, your win-loss record based on RPI and home and away. Uh, a quadrant one win is defined as a game for the home team versus teams with RPI ranks of 1 through 30, a neutral court game with ranks uh, opponents ranked 1 through 50, or an away game uh, ranked 1 through 75. So if you win a home game against the 50th ranked team, that would be a uh, a non quad win. Non quad. You, but you, if it was a you neutral don't fall into site, any of the quads. Correct. Okay. Yes. But All if right. it was a road game against the 50th ranked team, 
it would be a quad one win. Are you following Judd Zolgad? Or are you, no did you leave for what, the bar? <laughs> I have no clue what you're saying right now. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Basically what he's saying, Judd, is they were totally justified in storming the court yesterday. That's how oh, big a, okay. that's yeah, how big a win that was. Yes. Of, of course yeah. they were. Thanks, uh, Rami. Appreciate uh, that. So I think, uh, I think two things. Number one, the Gophers seem to me like if they just... I don't think they have to beat Maryland, but just like don't get smoked your next two games and you should be in the NCAA tournament. So that's thought number one. And thought number two is I didn't realize how many how many court storming fun police officers resided on this radio show. It's just so stupid. I've it's, never liked it. It's it's ridiculous. And it's 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 not safe. It's dangerous. Well, and a lot of things are I mean, crossing the street can be dangerous. I'm telling you, Phil, this is going Court storming will end when we have a malice at the palace type of moment. And it's going to happen. I don't want it to happen. I'm not predicting this because it's something I want to happen, but because I know it will. And that's that's when universities will crack down on court storming and say this isn't going to happen anymore. It's it's an untenable situation for the visiting slash losing team in that situation. It was relatively tame. Actually, I said to you on Twitter last night, watching that court storming, it was like the most organized court storming I've ever a, seen in my life. It there was were, very polite. There yes. weren't kids coming from all angles. And I don't know if they took like student IDs and set up like <laughs> set up like a court storming aisle. Said court stormers enter here. I don't know how they I don't know how they worked that, but I think there was a court storming cover charge actually. It's but like even, single file line. Even Please with be that, polite while court storming. <laughs> even Please. with that. We had an incident yesterday that has gone viral since of a University of Minnesota fan getting in the face of a Purdue player. And one guy said to me, well, all he did was flip him off. Okay, A, that's all he did in this particular incident. B, flipping a dude off who is emotionally charged up, just got done playing 40 minutes of basketball and lost and probably isn't in the best of moods, getting in that guy's face when he's not expecting you there and flipping him off can be the trigger to a really serious, again, like I said, malice at the palace type of incident. It, it, it's stupid, it doesn't make sense, it's pointless, and it's going to end badly. Okay, counterpoints. Okay. Has anyone ever died in a court storm? Oh, well, if nobody's ever died, then let's just if keep no on doing it. If no one's died, right? it's not that big of a deal. Okay. okay so there hasn't been, there hasn't, no one's life is people in danger. People drive home drunk and they get there safe. They're like, see, it was no big deal. <laughs> well, but people die <laughs> driving drunk. I mean, there's the examples of, of deaths. Um, I, I feel like, first of all, it's not as dangerous as I don't know how dangerously you're painting it, but it's not to me. It's not dangerous. We haven't it's, gotten to that point yet. We will get to that point. I don't know if you saw the the incident earlier this week of a Kansas State player who had to be dragged off the court by his coaches and then punched the glass on a on on a, like a fire extinguisher case on the wall and and was irate and ready to ready to fight and I didn't even blame him and had to be dragged into the locker room by his coaches because he was being now this is this might be an aggressive word but he was he he felt like he was being assaulted on the court by court stormers. Why is that something a kid should have to deal with? Well, I think it's it's not the, yes, there are isolated incidents where a guy gets mad or uh, a student does something dumb, but I mean literally like players deal with this stuff as they walk through campuses. I mean players deal with things at parties and at bars and public places and I get what you're saying, but that's but, not their place of work. This is the court's their place of work. Okay, but I mean, what, if I'm but again, on like, campus, what's I'm the worst thing that that has happened well, in a court storm? Here, here's like, my, I've had like ten people gotten trampled, and I'm missing it somewhere. Here's my someone here's send my, me a story. Here's my gripe. My gripe is nothing to do. Believe it or not, 
Zolgad, nothing to do with safety, people being hurt. Okay. Court storming. Have some pride. What do you mean you, pride? You just beat number 11 Purdue in what is a nice win. It's a quad win. It was a season-saving win. It was a, it it was, was a job-saving win, potentially, you, for Richard Pitino. The last time the court was stormed at that building in a proper manner was when they beat number one Indiana under Tubby. Do you realize that we stormed the court after that team in 2016 beat number six Maryland? Those are it was, it was number, non-pride. It, it was number four, Maryland, I believe. It was a top well, five story, win, wasn't it? The, the strip story that I am looking at right now says sixth rank, but that's not the point. The point is there need to be court storming rules. Oh, God. And number 11, Purdue? No, 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 no. Okay, let's line up. All, first of all, why can't kids have fun? Why, why, why are we sitting here and telling people that you can Now, the safety thing, okay, like I'm more, I'm more inclined to listen to Rami's argument about well, someone might get trampled at some point, and this is unsafe, and there's emotions running. Court, I mean, there's that factor in it. What the, for the safety factor? Yeah, it's a raised court, and you're having students pile onto it. It's a bit dangerous. Yeah, it's called natural selection. If somebody, <laughs> I don't think that's. <laughs> I don't think that's a great comeback. But like, listen, okay, kids want to have fun. If you're a gopher basketball fan, the last couple of years have been really rough. If you're a gopher basketball player, the last couple of years have been really rough. Purdue is one of the best teams in the country. They, uh, I, I believe they're guaranteed a tie for the Big Ten regular season championship. But like, Purdue's going to win the Big Ten. Uh, Purdue is one of the 11 best teams in the country, if you just want to go off the rankings. And last night, the coach may have saved his job. The team may have saved its NCAA tournament hopes. And it was senior night in a season in which one of the seniors had a mom pass away. So it was all these things came together, and it was an exciting win at the end of the year. And you know what? A fan base that's largely been disappointed the last couple of years and the last couple of decades wanted to have some fun. I don't think it, I just don't think it needs to be a big deal. You that's asked, my stance. On you it. asked for past incidents. Well, you found some. Court you found someone who died. I found an article from Scout.com. Okay. Of the uh, ten infamous court storming incidents. <laughs> you tell me when you want me to stop. You tell me when this is dangerous enough. All right, Phil. How far does this go back? Um, Are we going back to like when they didn't even have the nets cut at the bottom? And no, you had this to, first example did James is James Naismith uh, have anyone storm the court a hundred years in two thousand four? Joe Kay, a six foot six star player at Tucson High in Arizona, sent his home crowd into a frenzy with a late dunk against a rival school. Students rushed the court and accidentally knocked him down. Kay suffered a torn cartoid artery and a stroke, and to this Ooh. day remains paralyzed on his right side. That's a bad court storming. 2013, overcome by the excitement of North Carolina State's victory against number one Duke, Will Prevet rushed the court along with fellow Wolfpack students. Prevet, however, did it from his wheelchair. Prevet told USA Today it was the dumbest thing to do and was thankful that NC State player, I remember this story, CJ Leslie stepped into the mob to protect Prevet from getting hurt after his wheelchair was knocked okay. over. Well, that's a bad personal choice. Okay, as Utah Valley States ran onto the court to celebrate a 66-61 win against New Mexico State last February, a fight broke out between the teams the revelry turned ugly when punches were thrown but unfortunately but fortunately excuse me no one was injured okay no injuries okay playboy model megan dills now this is the most tragic of all injured her ankle in a court rushing incident in 2007 <laughs> oh. in bloomington indiana she, after the hoosiers upset her beloved kentucky wildcats so her wildcats lost and she hurt her ankle in the court storming. You know what? Now I'm starting to come to your side. Okay, Thank we you. can't have we can't have Playboy models ankle. getting getting yeah. injured. No, people getting hurt. No, this is a national right. tragedy. Listen, I'd be even more upset if I read Playboy for anything other than the articles. Okay? <laughs>
No, if it was a sprained wrist and she couldn't type anymore, okay, then we're talking about it. That's big time stuff. Do you want me to keep going? Like, there's ten incidents. That's <laughs> just the, that's just four or five are there, of them. Are there any? Right, so there was the, the first one was pretty bad. Yeah, the, the guy had one. a stroke okay, and is in a wheelchair to this day. Yeah, but did he have a stroke because of the court storming or were there yeah, other health issues? Yeah, he got knocked issues? over in a carotid artery, ruptured yeah, carotid bad. artery. Okay, all right. Can we confirm that no one got hurt last night at Williams Arena? Only feelings. Yeah, per, per Matt Painter. <laughs> it was it was a it was a polite court storming. It was. It excuse was. Me, I, excuse it, me. It can, was. I, can I storm the court? I'm sure you you can, but you can't. They started okay. flickering the lights. I think too. I don't know if that was a warning for people to not storm the court, or if it was like celebratory flickering of the lights right away. Uh, but so let, let, the the big question, and and we we threw this out last night on the Score North Twitter account at Score North. If you want to follow us, we actually we spawned a new Vikings account today too. Did it's we? what happens when at Score North and at Matthew Collar like have a Twitter baby. It's at Score North <laughs> Vikings, and you can follow that as well. But how secure do you think Richard Pitino's job should be based on that win last night and where things lie going into the last game of the regular? So they're nine and ten in conference. Uh, they are most projections. I think have them in the NCAA tournament right now. Where do you guys stand after last? It's been an up and down season. There's been some bad losses. There's been some very good wins for the Gophers. Uh, I think you guys both know that I am not ready to let go of Richard Pitino. I think he has done a really good job in a lot of areas. I think he still has some things he needs to prove. But most importantly, he's 36 years old. People treat him like, oh, he's. You know, this is who he is, and he's worthless. And I think as a 36-year-old who has done a really good job recruiting, he's got some big wins under his belt, and it looks like they're going to go back to the NCAA tournament. It looks like a team that can win a game or two in the NCAA tournament, depending on the seeding. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not ready to, to call it a tenure for Richard Pitino. I need, I need to know. Excuse me. No, go ahead. I need to know the key to me is this. If you're going to blow him out, who do you got? So if you're just going to blow him out and be like, okay, we're going to start a mammoth search and we don't have any clue who's going to replace him, I don't do it. So so this comes back in my mind to if Mark Coyle has somebody who is his guy and beyond a shadow of a doubt in Mark Coyle's mind, that guy's going to be fantastic, make, make a change. But with what Patino has done, and unless you can tell me that you've got that guy, if you're going to start another search, and by the way, we have seen this program before. Now, I think Coyle's done a pretty good job with coaches, but we have certainly seen this program before uh, be fairly certain it was going to land on the guy it wanted, and the next thing, thing you know, they're having a press conference introducing the fifth choice. So if that's the case, and if it's going to be another national search and they're going to have to look around, yeah. I think Patino deserves at least another year. You can't fire him after he made the tournament, can you? Well, they fired Tubby Smith after he won a tournament game. and But that was a different situation. Tubby Smith was, I mean, this was his this was his retirement fund coming to Minnesota, was it not? He's now three jobs after, too. He's at High Point. High Point's where he played back in the late 60s. Is he he's really? I thought he was out of the game altogether. No, well, he, he basically is. Out. He's at High Point. That's so. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't think you can fire Rick Pat- Richard Pitino after after he makes the tournament. Can no, you? It's a different situation. Somebody actually came at me with this exact comparison and played the race card on me this oh, morning. I saw I was that. Like tweeting yeah. back and forth. I saw that. And that that what's the you didn't take this defend Tubby stance. What's the difference? Skin color. And I was like, okay, let's pump the brakes for a second. So, <laughs> so Tubby Smith at the time of that discussion was on the very very much the back end and downside of his coaching career. Uh, he didn't connect with players anymore. He had nothing in the recruiting bag the last couple of years. He was there, 
and the Gopher, the Gophers had NBA caliber players that uh, that came in as as highly touted recruits and actively regressed, mm-hmm. and and like the Rodney Williams of the world and a couple other guys. So and also uh, his last three years in the Big Ten were mostly a disaster too. Outside of a couple hot stretches, it was just it was time. He was in his sixties. It was time for a change. And Richard Patino is like I said in his mid thirties. I don't think he deserves a job for the next five years by any means, but he's in his mid-30s. He won the NIT. Two years ago, he put together the most wins in a Gopher regular season history, and he had the Gophers as a five-seed in the NCAA tournament. And that wasn't that long ago, and he's battled all kinds of injury issues that are unforeseen and in a lot of ways unlucky, and a couple off-the-court things that, okay, maybe they should have been more diligent in some of their scouting and recruiting, but things happen. So I, th- I just think it's an incomplete with him. I need to see some of this play out more, and it'll be telling. I, if, if Now, if they get smoked in their next two games and they miss the NCAA tournament, now they're an NIT team and it's a buzzkill, and, Fre- and Fred Hoiberg wants to take the job, let's have a conversation. And, and Phil, I, I think the, the one thing to go back on the Tubby point, though, that is fair to make is that taught us a lesson, which is before you blow a guy out, if you recall, Teague thought that they had Shaka Smart, right? They're going to go get Shaka, who worked for Teague, and it's going to be perfect. So, so while, while I think we all agreed that when Tubby got let go, that was okay. That is a lesson, though, of don't just tell it, don't just blow a coach out and say, "I'm going to go get this guy. I've identified him without being damn sure." Right? Yes. So then, so and and Patino ended up being brought in at I believe the age of thirty, what one or two at that time. Yeah. So if you had been if you had been sat down by someone and said, Teague's going to blow out Tubby. He thinks he's going to get Shaka, but not only is he not not going to get Shaka, he's not going to get let's say his next four choices, and he's going to end up on choice five or six. You'd probably say, "Whoa, okay, that's not that great." So so the Tubby thing to me was instructive in being bound and determined of in college of firing a coach without having any real clue about what the next step is. All right, you brought up Shaka Smart. So he has not been very successful at Texas. Yep. He, this is his fourth year at Texas. He has a 4-14 and season over there, 8-10 and in conference. In conference, I'm talking about. In conference, they were 8-10 and last year, and uh, this year they're 8-9 and in conference and probably aren't going to make the NCAA tournament. Let's say Texas fires Shaka Smart. Would you rather have Shaka Smart or Richard Pitino? Hmm. Um, I probably wouldn't make the change to that at this point. The, the one name that you brought up that would intrigue me big time, if Fred Hoiberg came to me and I'm Mark Coyle and said, I want that job, yeah. that is the one where I might say, Richard, you know what? You've really tried hard, but uh, sorry, dude. We've got Fred Hoiberg. Because I think Hoiberg is really good. What about Ryan Saunders? Let's say the Timberwolves going that in a different name out direction. There a couple of times. Rami, yeah. Ryan Saunders name? or Richard Petino? Now Ryan Saunders is less proven than Richard Petino, so it would it would just, strictly be on a whim. You thought that oh he right. was going to come in and do a better job, right? Right, or connect better with local guys. Like could Ryan Saunders get Trey Jones from going to Duke? That's because that's really what we're dealing with here, right? I don't it's, know if he could do that, but if if I'm a high school kid. And I don't know either of these guys personally or what they do when they go to recruit. I just know what I know from from watching them on TV, interviews, blah, blah, blah. I feel like Ryan Saunders would relate to me a little a little better, a little easier, and probably do a better job of convincing me to go to his school than, than Richard Patino would. Yeah. But that's, just, that's, very, that's a very surface observation for me, like I said. And, and 
Ryan Saunders, gents, and this might not be fair, but it certainly should be part of the conversation, would sell tickets. Right. I think if you go to the boosters and say, Flip's kid is our new coach, I think you got a lot of people now who, who are either out on Patino or you know they're okay with, with him who are immediately back in. Uh, 651-646-8255 if you are listening or watching live. If you're listening live, uh, thank you. If, you're, if you'd like to watch live, twitch.tv. Twitch.tv slash Stone again? Yes. Rami, I, I'm going to get that thing. I'm going to get per- that harness that corrects your posture. <laughs> I'm dead daily serious. today. That first segment, my, it was my terrible. God, I thought you might be dead. I know. When I looked at the, t- it's at terrible. the uh, stream. Just get a rod installed in your <laughs> spine there. Uh, Tim in Burnsville. Go. What's going on, Tim? Um, I agree with you on Patino as far as being young, and he still has a lot of room to grow and learn. And But I'm really concerned about next year when he only has one signed recruit coming in next year. And it is, a, it is a top 100 national recruit that he has coming in. So it's not just anybody. But it's one, and we're losing how many? Yeah, Jordan Murphy, gone. Dupree McBrayer, gone. And Amir Coffey, gone. So mm. you better you better cash in with a win or two in the NCAA tournament this year to make yourself a little more secure. Valid points, Tim. Jim. Jim? Jim. <laughs> Sorry about that, Jim. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good one. The screen's cut off. I took a shot. Hey, hey Phil. I saw M. <laughs> Mackie, yeah. did Jim not sound like that guy that called last year about the wild and called me a moron? Uh, yes. <laughs> but his a, name we wasn't. Have, we have a promo. His name wasn't Jim back then. I swear to God, that voice is identical. You think he was disguising himself? He may have been. That was an alias. I thought he well, was going to get but he would have probably down. he would have teed off on Judd though if it was calling from his burner phone. <laughs> you don't know, <laughs> but but he might not have teed off because if you recall, he then called back and apologized. Oh, did he really? He melted down, called me a moron, slammed the phone down. The call was fantastic. It was just epic. Beer by the numbers chimes in on the Twitch stream. Judd Zolgad never forgets. <laughs> never forgets a voice. I think that might be the same guy. Uh, Judd, you have a twins notebook left? This is your last day in Fort Myers. Do you have any uh, any twins notebook items you can you know, I do drop have on one. our plates when we come back? I do have one regarding the uh, veteran DH they have signed. Okay. I need help with my uh, high school hockey brackets, by the way. I have some questions for you guys if we can get to that at some point. Judge your guy. Is Judge he Dinah? Okay. Sure, yeah. All right. The school is Edina. Just pick Edina. <laughs> no, there's one, there's one team... That I don't. They cut off the name. It just says M I N N River. What is, what is the full yes, name of Minnesota that? Minnesota River School. I think. Minnesota River. I googled yeah. that. I didn't. That's see Class anything. A, right? Yes, Class A. Don't don't fill out that part of the bracket. <laughs> well, I got I got to fill out the just whole do thing. Double a. No, I got to fill out the whole well, thing. Like half the half. They already played two games earlier today. I don't yeah, know who won. It, it doesn't matter. You can't get in that pool now. <laughs> Chris Long's not going to let you in. I think the rip, was rip 11, off, wasn't it? Rip the Class A portion off and submit the double A, and you'll be fine. Let's have Rami fill this bracket out at some point. And give us his thoughts as show. why he's doing it. I'm doing it fully on mascots. <laughs> and let's see if he can get the the two games that were already played correct. What too. is it? What is a Ooh, border like right? The the Blaine High School border rights is this a build that wall thing or what is going? Who what? are the who are the border rights? What does it say? Blaine Bengals. Bl- oh, okay. I just googled Blaine High School mascot and it came up with border rights. There must be another Blaine High School somewhere. Yeah, that must that must be in Arizona somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm so confused down here in Florida today. 
quadrants. <laughs> so Blaine is what? What's her mascot Bengals. name? It's Bengals? a Bengal. It's a Bengal. Ooh, that, yeah. that matchup just got closer because well, they're, they're going against the White Bears. Welcome to the Twin Cities, Robbie. <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey, guys. Yeah. It's Mackie back with you here. Federated Mutual Insurance Company reminds us all to drive safe. Now, staying rested and alert is the best way to ensure that fatigue doesn't become an issue behind the wheel. So here are some facts on drowsy driving from the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration that might surprise you. Almost 795 people died in accidents involving drowsy drivers in 2017. 90,000 crashes involved drowsy drivers in 2015. Drowsy driving accidents happen most frequently between midnight and 6 a.m., so be extra alert and cautious when it's late at night, early in the morning. Many crashes in which fatigue is a factor involve a single driver with no passengers and happen on rural roads or highways. We've all been there. I can just grind this out for for another 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm almost home. I'm almost to that next exit. Be on alert for yourself as a drow- as a drowsy driver. And when you're on the road, those times of day or night, uh, just know that there are drowsy drivers all around you. When you're alert and well-rested, you're doing your part to help everyone make it home safe today. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. It's Bracket Month on Score North. We'll unveil a new bracket and social media vote every week all month. Follow it and vote. Bracket Month on Score North and scorenorth.com. What is grit? Waitress Sarah Connor crushes the exoskeleton of a Terminator, inspiring Kyle to travel back in time to get it on with her so she can give birth to John Connor, who will lead the resistance against the robots. Gritty. Score North presents the grittiest Minnesota athletes. Bracket. Saluting the grittiest Minnesota athletes ever. Vote every day this week on Score North Twitter. Full bracket available on scorenorth.com. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, pretty soon here, in about 10 or 15 minutes, we're going to catch up with Adam Platt, who uh, wrote a featured piece about the only openly gay player in American team sports, Colin Martin, who plays for Minnesota United FC. And I think there's just a lot of questions that may not have specific answers, but it's uh, it's worth a discussion, and uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about that later this hour. Judge down in Fort Myers, his last uh, full day down in the fort. Twins had an off day today, but what else do you have in your notebook here that you can... Send our way, Judd Zolgad. Uh, so in, in the two days that I was down here for games on Monday and Tuesday, Nelson Cruz did not play. And in fact, Nelson Cruz so far has appeared in one game, the opener here at Hammond Stadium. I'm actually not going to panic about this. He's appeared in one game so far. There, uh, I believe he has a walk and no official at-bats. And Wetmore thinks that he, there might be some soreness associated with his not playing, but the Twins have downplayed it completely and said it's no big deal. And unlike, let's say, five years ago where I'd say, oh, there is a problem, I would sound the alarm. I think now that this might be very much the part of where of where spring training is going, and, and we talked about this uh, today on Touch Em All as well, but if you think about it, how many years now, had spring training been basically the same and there were tweaks right but there's a game basically every day the thought processes they might have changed a bit but they certainly didn't get overhauled and as i said on touch them all i think what we're seeing now guys is this is the first time that um a group of people who was raised basically being told to ask questions and ask why they're in charge now and I think when you look at spring training, somebody has finally started to say, and, and it's 
a lot of pe- people that run the teams, but they've started to finally say, why do you do it this way? And the old crusty baseball people would just say, because we always have, right? Nelson Cruz needs at bat, so he's just playing. But we are now going in a direction where where if the answer is, well, Nelson Cruz just needs at bats, we've always done it this way, I think the response is, okay, but that doesn't make complete sense. Nelson Cruz is in his 30s. He's played for a long time. He's about to embark on a season that's very long. He doesn't need at bat after at bat. So spring training... I think is really drastically starting to change. And I think it's going to change more. And I believe when you think about it and the amount of games that they play, they play too many games. They don't need to play on a daily basis. That doesn't mean that they don't need to get work in, but veteran players don't need to be out here playing for the month of March when they're going to start a season in April. That's going to take them for the entire summer. So the cruise situation, I buy that he might be a little bit sore, but I buy that nothing is really wrong and he's still not being played because as long as he does the necessary work that's probably enough or he is a strained oblique <laughs> i like it <laughs> i like the fact that i've my personality has morphed you never know yeah, this is calm rational judd what's this all about <laughs> because i'm re- because i because you know what i covered football for years and i saw training camps change and there have been some changes that probably aren't great and so when the season starts now, the tackling is rustier. It's not as good. But there have been some common sense training camp changes yeah. where you think to yourself, you know, in the 70s, right, guys used to get to training camp and they were out of shape. So they needed to play in exhibition games and work out a lot to get in shape. Baseball was the same exact way. But baseball has lagged behind in the fact that there is an assumption in baseball or I think there has been for a long time now, up to now, that you know we need a long spring training to get in shape. Sano, okay, sh- showed up fat a year ago. That was a problem. But the majority of these players and athletes now stay in shape. So they don't need to get here and get a ton of at-bats and run a lot and get work. So I think in the next five years or so, you are really going to see the concept and what is put into play at spring training change a lot. Or he tore his hamstring. Could have, could have tried to have you know, I am responsibly on score north trying to empty out my twin's notebook with something that even Rami said I didn't know today and has not been written I about really, or talked or talked about much. I've been respons I've been down here trying to earn my pay and you are just inciting concern. It, was, it was one of those things that you don't realize it until you actually hear it. Like when when Judd said that today, I was like you know what? Yeah, I haven't heard Nelson Cruz's name yeah. all spring, and and obviously we know why now yeah. because he had what one plate appearance where he walked. Wait, oh, wait, wait, Phil, and a severe concussion that it's <laughs> not being reported by anyone. Um, so my, my my Nelson Cruz question is, uh, I guess it's it's more toward the uh, the payroll whiner section of the fan base that just like the whatever the Twins did in free agency, if it wasn't Bryce Harper. Or Manny Machado, they weren't going to be happy, and the poll ads are pulling the wool over fans' eyes and pocketing their money, right? Like, there's just, like, that's the segment of the fan base that drives me crazy. I love the rest of the fan base. Uh, that segment, I've, I've never been able to see eye to eye with. So, Nelson Cruz has 360 career home runs, 203 of them in the last five years. His last five years are 40 homers, led the major leagues in 2014. With 40 homers, 44, 43, 39, and 37 home runs the last five years. 
Last year, 97 RBIs. The year before that, led the major leagues with 119 RBIs. Okay, His offensive numbers have been incredible the last five years. And yet, the Twins sign him, and there was barely a like there was a, like a golf clap for him in the Twin season. I can't tell. Is it because is it because baseball apathy and winter time? Is it because that he's thirty seven, thirty eight years old, or is it because well, it's just a one year, two year rent a contract? It's not a big like what if Nelson Cruz was three years younger and signed a four year contract for a hundred million dollars? Would there have been more fanfare? They signed one of the best power hitters in baseball, and people are like, "Where's Bryce Harper?" Yeah, maybe. It, Where's Manny there, Machado? There might be a little bit more fanfare. Is that what this they sounded was like three or four years ago? <laughs> That's exactly what they sounded like, Judd. But I think they, they they look at this and, like you said, they they go, "It's not Bryce Harper. It's not Manny Machado. It's it's not one of the bigger names out there on the free agent market." There's a 39 year old guy who they basically just rented. Yeah, he can hit, but the way, I think the way a lot of fans look at this is they just rented a 39 year old. And maybe he has a good season for us, but then what? But that's that cool. No, I know. End, end of end of relationship. I'm I'm <laughs> right? playing devil's advocate right now for the fan that you're talking about. Sure. I mean, I just I, I I would think that Nelson Cruz coming in is one of the most I'd have to think back, but he's one of the most prolific power hitting free agents that they've ever signed. They signed Jim Tomey when he was forty and, and and if you're looking for a comparison, oh, man, they're taking a flyer on this old power hitter, right? Yeah, Jim Tomey hit 25 bombs as a bench bat in 2010 and helped you win 95 or 96 games that season. Don't you guys think, though, that that the uh, Twins fans that Phil is talking about love to harp on what they don't do and don't even care about what they do do? So there's not like uh, there's not a – it doesn't seem like the fans that get excited about – a signing like Cruz's weigh in much. And so what you get is if we can't bash the pole ads and the twins, we're not going to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it is a great signing. It's a yeah. great signing. There's, there's, there's really no zero risk. If he's a total bust, it doesn't matter. You didn't, if, if Bryce Harper is a total bust, sorry, Phillies, you're screwed for 13 years. I mean, if Bryce Harper is a bust in six years, you still have more than half that contract left. Nelson Cruz can hit bombs for you this year, and you can choose to part ways, or you can bring him back. I mean, it's really the best of both worlds. Won't hurt the Phillies that bad if Bryce Harper is a bust if they have Mike Trout, though. That's that softens the blow a little bit. Yeah, that's true, and that recruiting process is happening already. Fast and furious. I mean, he got, he signed the contract on what Saturday? <laughs> He's already recruiting Mike Trout for twenty twenty. And, and awesome. so, did I? I see this correctly that the Angels filed a complaint against the or the Angels filed a complaint against Harper yes. for tampering. Okay. It is definitely tampering, okay. right? When you it just is. publicly say <laughs> it is, but let's see. Mike Trout's from Philly, basically. You see him constantly at Eagles games, right? So do we really think it's that big a leap? It's not it's not like um Bryce Harper's like, come to Philly where I am and you know nothing about it, but it's gonna be great. I'm trying to recruit you. Yeah. It's the biggest. It's like okay, you're complaining about this, but you know what? Odds are very good that if the Philadelphia Phillies want to sign Mike Trout someday, they can because he'll be more than happy to go home. Yeah, that would be really fun. It would be it would be a fantasy baseball signing to have two guys for a total of like seven hundred fifty million dollars on the books, maybe more than that. And baseball needs to take a page out of the NBA's book and let players do stuff like this to yeah. drum up storylines and drum up drama because this 
is what fans like to see and like to follow. In addition to the game, fans fans like some interesting storylines and where is where is Mike Trout going? Where is Bryce Harper going? Where is Manny Machado going? And if it doesn't take the entire offseason to figure this stuff out, it can actually drum up some buzz and some excitement around yeah. the sport. But baseball doesn't doesn't really understand how to do that. They'd rather They'd rather make a three pitcher minimum rule or designated hitter across the right. Three pitcher minimum is BS too. Yeah, that's what's going to fix and it. At baseball, it be like, Rami. <laughs> give me a fourth pitcher. Yeah. Uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd down in Fort Myers, Florida. You can read all of his coverage uh, in in written form at scorenorth.com. That's S K O R North.com. And also, uh, we, we we're excited to announce a few more additions to our Twins show lineup. But as of right now. You can get Touch Em All multiple times a week, Five Thoughts on Fridays with Wetmore, all available in our Score North Twins show feed, anywhere you find podcasts. When we come back, gentlemen, to the TCL studios, the one and only we will talk about. But speaking of TCL, it's America's fastest growing TV brand for a reason. It's because they've got the best TVs and the best picture quality and the most entertainment options on the market. The new lineup of award-winning TCL TVs includes 4K picture quality, Dolby Vision, giving you greater contrast, brighter, more accurate colors, and lifelike images from the brightest of brights to the darkest of darks. Uh, You get uh, amazing, amazing colors popping when you watch sports on these TVs, too. You want to watch spring training? You get a foot of snow coming on Saturday, for God's sakes. Put on a spring training game on a TCL TV and live vicariously. Also, with the built-in Roku device, which we've got a couple of those here in studio. If you're watching us on Twitch, you can actually see one of them uh, off to my right over here. But uh, you get access to 4,000-plus streaming channels and 450,000-plus movies and TV show episodes. It's TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Are you all fired up for Game game 2 this weekend, Jonathan? I am. San Jose, they have a new coach. Very new system for them, so it should be an interesting matchup. Yeah, Minnesota United FC, 1-0. Got a road game. Yeah. Better start winning some road games because it's all road games until middle of April. So <laughs> yeah, to get one in a row. To get one is good. And, uh, and, and one of the really interesting sub-stories of this season, and even like, let's even scan out from the micro, the macro when it comes to American team sports, there is one and only one openly gay player among all of the at least male team sports. Um, and and that player is Colin Martin from Minnesota United FC. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Judge down in Florida, Rami and I here in studio. And Adam Platt is a wonderful features writer for MSP Mag. You can find the story right now, MSPMag.com. It's called The One and Only. Minnesota United soccer midfielder Colin Martin talks about how he became the only out male player in a major team sport and what happens next. So Adam... Let's just start with with this. What have you learned about Colin, and 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 what did you learn about his decision to step forward and say, "All right, I'll carry this flag, so to speak, and I will be the one and only uh, publicly gay player in a I should say publicly gay active player because there's been a few that have like Michael Sam, for instance, and we saw what happened there. Uh, but what are your thoughts, Adam? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, sure, my pleasure, Phil. You know, I think what's what's sort of interesting about his story is that this wasn't part of a long strategic plan of his um, that was meticulously timed. He really made the decision to come out publicly uh, almost on the spur of the moment. 
Uh, and really what it came down to, as the story explains, it really was just a matter of personal integrity to him. He was out to his team. He was out to his family and friends. Everybody who knew him knew, um, but it wasn't something the general public knew. So was this something that he did for himself, or did he have the bigger picture in mind when he did it of of gay rights and gay activism and, and people being comfortable being being out and open about this? The sense I got from talking to him is that he wants to send the message that sports is a hospitable place for LGBT people, um, and especially on the male side because that's where the closet is the biggest. And uh, he wanted to show that coming out doesn't affect you negatively and that his whole path has been positive um, from the first friends and family he came out to all the way now to his team and the general public. It's just been one positive experience after another. I mean, I'm doing a little number crunching here just for fun, Adam. And, yeah, uh, I've done it too. So, so, I, so you're doing the same number crunching I am. So there's about, in terms of active, rostered professional athletes in, in Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and um, NFL, there's 750, 900. So there's about between 3,000 and 3,500 mm-hmm. active rostered players, and yet, yep. and yet, zero among those four leagues, zero openly gay players. Now, if you want to take the U.S. adult population, I believe it's between four and five percent identify as LGBT. Um, I don't know. Maybe that number is lower in sports. Let's say it's even two percent in sports. There should be at least a couple dozen minimum how accurate do you think that is and and what do you think needs to happen for more players in other leagues to step out well i mean i have no idea what the number actually is i mean the kinsey numbers say it's up to 10 percent um but i do think there is probably an opt-out factor uh you know one of the things my story talks about is how gay kids or lgbt kids drop out of organized sports at double the rate of straight kids uh, as they hit their teens, and kids drop out of sports because it ceases to be fun for them. Uh, and we can theorize as to why it ceases to be fun at such a higher rate for LGBT kids. Um, the question of where these folks are and why they won't identify themselves is an interesting one that I really wasn't able to develop a consensus on in talking to experts. I can tell you two things. One, it's a topic that makes people on the player personnel side of professional sports extremely uncomfortable. I could get no one to talk to me on the record from the player personnel side of sports in the Twin Cities. None of the teams. Um, Mark Coyle at the U of M, his PR person basically fought me off with a stick. On the other hand, at the league level, at the administrative level, they'd love to talk about it. They want to see players come out. They want to support the gay community overall. And uh, the, the best explanation I could come up with is it seems like a risk. And in, a sport, in sports where people's professional careers are measured in months sometimes, just a few years, where many leagues' contracts are not guaranteed, players don't want to do anything that could create a distraction or affect them negatively other than their play. So is he using this platform now to to lower that that dropout rate of of LGBTQ kids who are who are quitting sports at an early age and and that like you like you laid out there at a much higher number than 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 your average kid? Yeah, I mean that's what his his hope is is that he will can serve as an example to people and say, "Look, I'm doing it. I'm thriving. I'm, I'm existing in the sport. I'm getting a paycheck every week. Uh, Minnesota United has been very supportive of him. 
Um, they're they're 100% behind him. They were out there with him when he was on James Corden's show on CBS in January, uh, and at least for now. They, the interesting thing about Colin, and in some ways what makes this story the more fascinating, is that Colin is not a starter and an established superstar in MLS. He's basically the, a reserve player on the Loons, and uh, he had an option year that was picked up for this contract year, but he really needs to have a good season uh, to secure his next contract in the league. So there was not, you know, there was some risk, personal risk for him, too. The coming out was not some sort of ticket to uh, um, increasing his longevity in the sport, necessarily. Outside of soccer, what's your sense of, of uh, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, what sport do you think is next, especially for for a star potentially to come out? Because basketball seems to me like it's a very open-minded, smart sport. Football seems to me like it would be very difficult. But did, did you get a sense in your conversations about where the expectation is, where this might go for people to be comfortable? Um, I got the sense that that football is maybe a, the longest way off because most contracts are not guaranteed. Um, but I really didn't get a sense that one sport, soccer seems to be the make the most sense. And actually, this soccer is the only. I mean, you had uh, Robbie Rogers. I think Robbie Rogers is his name, who came out for the played for the LA Galaxy for about five years after coming out. He's the only player who's come out and had a substantial number of years, active years, uh, domestically. Everybody else uh, was at the either at the end of their career. Or in Michael Sam's case, it sort of ended rather disastrously. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I've talked to people who feel like we're still maybe a generation, possibly even two away from this happening, and some believe you're going to need a superstar, a player of LeBron's caliber, to come out before it appears safe. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's the question for I think a lot of these folks is what is the upside for me? And right now, it's hard to see a, a dramatic upside. Adam Platt is our guest here from MSP Mag. You can go to MSPMag.com and read the story about Minnesota United midfielder Colin Martin, the only openly gay player in a major team sport here in America. Um, and, and you're talking with people around Colin, and this and maybe this is a lesson for, for other leagues too, because I think part of the question is, well, how will the locker room handle it, right, Adam? How will, right. if you if you... Football, macho, or maybe to some lesser extent, baseball, good old boys club. How is it going to affect the room? And from your sense, how does this affect the room with Minnesota United? I mean, from what I've been told, it's a, it's a non-issue. You know, the, the locker room is one of the theories about why um, male players don't come out. Uh, it was pretty well put to rest by me. I didn't I didn't find a lot of people lending it a lot of credence the whole well, you know, you shower naked with them and stuff like that. And in soccer's case, in the Loon's case, um, the players when they're on road trips they room with another player. It's it's sort of old school in that sense. But I didn't get a sense that they that really seems to be the issue driving it. I think for the most part um, players are more modern maybe than their sense of their leagues and their sense that there's potentially an economic price for them to pay. They're concerned about um, their general managers and their coaches and their ownership necessarily. Has his life been more difficult, easier since putting this out there, or has it pretty much been more of the same? Um, since coming out publicly, I, I don't know that it's changed a bit, but it has, since coming out, period, um, which he did in sort of steps over several years, uh, he says his life is, is immeasurably better. I mean, I think one of the interesting aspects of my story 
is that um, the period of his life before he came out was far more difficult. And and I, I think part of part of the story really is. And, and this is what makes it, I think, you know, my story really isn't about sports, and it's really not about sexuality. In my mind, what my story is about is about this kind of universal human process of coming to terms with things about ourselves that we have to accept but can't change, and moving forward and making a life for ourselves despite that. And and that isn't always, you know, we we encounter things about our professional capabilities or our just our temperament, whatever. And so, you know, in Colin's case, it was his sexuality. But to me, that's really what this story is. And the, the period to me that's most compelling of his life is the period between when he was about 13 and about 18 and coming to terms with who he was. This was not who he wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, I think for this to be more widely accepted in all team sports, it has to be a player that's not in danger of like, oh, we're kind of on the fence if this guy's going to make the roster and this made it really easy to just cut Michael Sam or to not sign Jason Collins, who was uh, the NBA player who came out, but it was after the season and, and, and then he was old. And I mean, if it was one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, Adam, or if it was one of the top in his prime superstars in the NBA and it was just you're he's on your team and he's helping you win championships and now he's helping start a new discussion and paving a new path. Right. I, I think that's that's a, a legitimate theory because there's always, as somebody I interviewed in the story said to me, there's always a legitimate on-field reason to cut somebody. Mm-hmm. In 90, 95% of a, the roster, um, there just always is. There's somebody, you know, your play has declined over the past season, you've had an injury, whatever, you know, whatever it happens to be. And so I, I do think that it's going to need to be a, an untouchable player for the rest of the leagues to see the effect of it. Um, another interesting point that was made to me, I talked to a guy named Rick Welts, who's the president of the Golden State Warriors, and he is a, an out gay man. Uh, and he said to me that we tend to overestimate the maturity and the capabilities of professional athletes, that most of them are in their early to mid-20s, and they're just not fully formed individuals yet at that point, yet we're somehow expecting them to fully reveal themselves to the world uh, when they're not even fully comfortable with that or haven't necessarily even done that within their families or yeah. their friend circles. And, and so, you know, maybe we're asking a little too much. And yeah, that's, that's, a, a, that's another interesting perspective. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, how old is anyone? If, if, we, if, if you're 30 years old, by the time you feel relatively comfortable in your own skin, I don't know what that average age is. Are you at the back end of your playing career, right? Right. I mean, how, maybe it takes a 22-year-old who feels comfortable in their own skin and is a great athlete. Yeah, that's interesting. Adam, and in, you know, in Colin's case, he's, he's 24. Yeah. Yeah. Adam and, Platt, hey, thank you so much for, uh, for your time. And, and MSPMag.com, if, uh, are there any other features that you've written in the last uh, few months that you want people to check out MSPMag.com for? Nope. You know, I mostly write at, at Twin Cities Business. This was just a story that intrigued me, and it wasn't a business story. And Minneapolis-St. Paul is our sister pub, and they were interested in it. So uh, cool. there's, that's just there for me right now. Right on. All right, Adam. Thanks. Thanks, guys. That's Adam Platt. Uh, does does great work. Features writer here in the Twin Cities. And I don't know. I just think, you know, it's apples to oranges here a little bit. But because... I mean, what Jackie Robinson went through was vile hatred and right. like death threats, and I don't think 
you know, I certainly don't think we're at that point. Not, not that if, if, if you had an openly gay player who was active for four or five, six years, would they get jeered? Would they get mean tweets? And like, absolutely, they would have to go through some things. Uh, but it will take a player like Jackie Robinson was not a borderline major leaguer. He was one of the best players right. in baseball. It took a player like him to finally break down the racial barrier. At some point, it's going to take a player who's just legitimately and and no arguments, one of the top 10 players to say, hey, I'm gay, I'm comfortable with it, and I dropped 30 points a night because I'm a badass. I think, I think a problem, too, is this, and it's very simple. What do professional sports teams, starting with football, hate absolutely the most? They say they tune them out, but they hate them. Distractions, right? The media showing up, right? Yep. The national press. And, and so, I mean... I mean, even starting with something as simple as that, I think there's this fear of, well, if I come out and I'm a football player, and now I know that there's going to be, my teammates are going to are going to be upset and or look at me weird just for that simple thing. But his point is a great one, too. Professional athletes, because we all think, oh, my gosh, this guy's so talented. He must have it all together. They really don't. They're kids, yeah, and a lot of them have been brought up in a situation where they where they can be coddled kids mm-hmm. because they're star athletes, yeah. So they so they are the last people who, at the age of twenty four, can just be like, "I totally get this. I get society, and I'm on board." Some can do it, but Adam's point's a great one. A lot of them, I think, there's a fear they can't do it, yeah. And, and it's just a matter of you know why 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 invite that that drama and inconvenience into my life. I can be who I want in my private life and there's and I'm sure a lot of guys feel this way. There's no need to share that with the world and face whatever backlash comes with it. Even though the backlash shouldn't be coming, you know it's coming. So why why deal with that when I can I can live a happy life, go out and do what I do for a living, come home and be who I am. Yeah. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd spending one final day down in Fort Myers, Florida. Are you coming, ready to come back to this, Judd? Coming back just oh, no, in time. No, no. <laughs> I saw the forecast. No, I'm not ready. Not at all. Uh, when we come back, I want to run. Uh, I want to run an NFL conspiracy theory Uh-oh. by you guys. Yeah. Oh Let's boy. You, wait. Hold on a second. Are you doing conspiracy theories now? <laughs> What's my role at this station? Move aside, Zolgad. <laughs> There's a new conspiracy theory. Do we have to talk when I get show. back? Yes. Am I being waved? Bring a box. No. <laughs> Let's first talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota here for a brief moment. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. It's lights out at Luther right now. Lights out at Luther Brookdale Toyota. If you have a mysterious light on on your dashboard, there's a few different options. It could be one of those exclamation points. I always just thought my car was really excited to have me that morning. Oh, there's an exclamation point. Hey, it's Phil. Hey, everybody. It's a Camry. It's a Corolla. Uh, or it could be that battery light or something that looks like an engine or a carburetor. I don't, I got to be honest. I don't know a whole lot about cars. That's why I lean on my friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota to A, have my back, and B, turn that light off and fix the problem. So they'll give you a free computerized diagnostic telling you what's going on with your vehicle. And they'll make sure that uh, you get that thing rectified and out the door safely. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 Each sale. 
Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.